Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Okay, we are live here. So welcome everybody to the first ever Wild Ginger Running Tracks and Trails Fusion training camp. Um, We have, um, everybody is here ready to listen to the amazing nutrition expert Rupert Bonington from Mountain Fuel who is going to be telling us all about beginner trail running nutrition today. So welcome Rupert, how are you doing this evening? Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm all good. I'm uh, up in Keswick and the, the rain's decided to stop raining and the sun's coming out so life's good. Awesome and have you been uh, nutritionally balanced today as nutrition expert for the evening? Um, I hope so. Um, yeah, I'm feeling fairly on it and perky, so I presume I'm fairly well. <laughs> well, at the training camp, we have just uh, partaken in a two-course meal with wine and beer, so <laughs> please don't judge us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, thank you so much for coming um, via Zoom um, in these COVID times. It's really good of you to join us. Um, and yeah, so you're going to be talking to us tonight about um, nutrition for trail running. And you obviously run a company called Mountain Fuel, and you sell um, lots of different uh, jelly. Um, gel type things and flapjacks and we've got a few in the goodie bag um, which were thank here you. Thank you. so everybody's been going to enjoy them on the long run on Sunday um, so yeah do you want to just give like a little bit of a background to um, to like your experience in sports nutrition why you even decided to set up the company in the first place should we start there before we go into the where why how what yeah, absolutely. So I, I basically, um, I got involved. I didn't originally set Mountain Fuel up. It was a, 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 my colleague Darren Foote who originally set Mountain Fuel up, and I got involved about six years ago. Um, I basically I was had a, a, a ski business, and I've been sold that, and I was basically looking for something to do based in the Lake District. I love running. I love the outdoors. I was interested in food and nutrition. And it was actually my brother who'd been over from Australia and he'd been speaking to Darren about taking Mountain Fuel down to Australia. And um, he basically went and had a meeting with him, came to see me and said, look, Rupert, this guy is just what you need because he's got this he's got the sports nutrition business, he really needs a hand, you're looking for something to do. You know, it's perfect. So I basically started using the products for about six, seven months. Um, and I kind of got to the point where I loved them so much, I kind of thought, well, if I don't get involved and invest, then actually what's going to happen to this business and what's going to happen to the products? So I basically invested from there. You know, we've kind of just organically grown the business. You know, we've developed lots of new different types of products. Um, and, you know, our kind of ethos from the start was you know, the products should all be about making you feel better, making you feel good. 
kind of before or during. It's not just about giving you a kind of energy hit or, or just trying to ram you full of protein afterwards. It's actually about producing products that make you feel better when you're doing something. Because when you feel better when you're doing it, you can naturally perform better. Um, so first and foremost, that was the kind of ethos from it. And we also, we didn't want to just produce products that were just copies of everybody else's things. So, you know, you touched on things like the sports jellies, now going to those, you know, they're not a sports gel. Um, you know, we've take years to develop things. I mean, thoroughly test them. We're really lucky. We've got some of the world's best runners out there who kind of buy our products so we can kind of use those guys to test it. But what we also do, which is equally important, if not more so, we've got a whole load of runners who have got you know, stomach issues like Crohn's, IBS, IBD. And again, they're the best testing ground because if those guys can stomach, essentially, the products when they're in a race mode or training mode, then you know that everyday jaws like myself or, or you guys possibly, again, you're going to have a good experience with, with the fuel. So that's kind of a, a bit of a background about how we got involved in that fuel and how, how we progressed it. That's really interesting. And it's really interesting that you say that about um, the people testing the fuel because I know that Killian Jornet, um, he has used mountain fuel and he's got a testimonial from him on your website even. He's like one of the top trail runners in the world. Massive endorsement from him. And then Sabrina Vergi has been using your products, hasn't she, on all of her fastest known times. Um, yeah, the Penine Way right. and yes. the Wainwrights just now. And didn't you say she had a hundred sports jellies on the Wainwrights, six days that she Probably. just did? Possibly all that. She, oh. she was basically averaging roughly between five and six alike. Wow. Uh, but she used, but she also used the energy fuel, and equally as important, she also used the recovery fuel at the end of every leg. But yeah. I can kind of explain all those things because yeah. you know the principles of nutrition and fueling is that you know as a, as a kind of beginner runner, you know, you, know, you can go out there and you, know, you could actually go tomorrow. And you could go and run, you know, a marathon. You might end up walking a lot of it. You might be bloody tired at the end. You could go and do that, and you could do it with having nothing. You could have no water. You could have no fuel. You could have nothing because you've actually got stores in your body that would enable you to do that. However, that's not actually going to be the most enjoyable experience. It's going to be bloody hard mentally and physically, and you're not going to recover very well. You're going to be very stiff and very sore. And you touched on Sabrina just then. One of the things that kind of has, has, has been a, a, a kind of penny-dropping moment for her over the years is her use of sports nutrition within the challenges. So in the early stages of using Mountain Fuel, she would only use certain amounts of products because she was very what people kind of call food-based. So she would eat what people call normal foods you buy in the supermarket. And what she found is the more she actually used the system properly, the more she used the products actually during the rooms itself, that she actually found that A, she performed better because it was just more convenient, it was designed for what it was meant to do. But more importantly, she actually recovered quicker. So she recovered between the legs quicker, which meant that each, each leg when she went out, even though she'd been on the go for three, four, five, six days, she was still able to go out and perform. And when the, the whole thing's finished, she recovered even quicker again because she'd nourished and maintained the muscles during, which meant that they weren't stressed and tired and fatigued afterwards. So, you know, what I hope 
today is that we'll talk through the system. And again, this is not to say you know, everybody's got to go out and buy mountain fuel. You know, we do believe in the products. You know, you've got to find something that you enjoy the flavors, you enjoy the products. But what I'm saying is, if you can find things that fuel you properly, fuel you well, you can enjoy your runs far more. Because that's why we run. We run because we love it. We run because we enjoy it. You know, we're not we're not all chasing first place or you know trying to join Olympic teams and stuff like that. We're running for pleasure. So you know, eat stuff, drink stuff that's going to enable you to do that, and then recover quicker so you can do it all again the following day. Sounds good. Is that what we want then, ladies? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Okay, cool. If, well, so yeah. if I basically taught you, so like the principles are, look, as far as you, just your, your general kind of diet and stuff like that, people say, you know, what should I be shopping carbohydrate before an event and things like that? We say no. We say, look, you, you touched before, like you said your balanced diet today, you've had a nice big meal, you had a bit of beer and a bit of wine. Yeah, curry. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you know, that is life, you know, it's about a balance. And so we kind of say to people, look, don't get overly kind of, um, you know, worried about what you're eating in the sense of, you know, if you have a really a diet where you're eating tons of takeaway food, eating lots of processed food, absolutely. That's, that's not actually going to be great for you, but you're not going to feel great doing it anyway. So all we say is, look, the more foods you can make yourself, using as many kind of raw ingredients as you can to make it. And leafy but, green vegetables. And, yeah, and vegetables and finding a balance of foods that you enjoy eating, then, that is, then that's good because, you know, everybody has very different types of foods. Some people are into keto, some people are vegan, some people just believe in lots of meat. Other people just enjoy a bit of processed food and enjoy takeaways and stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just about having everything in moderation and actually just making sure that what you're not doing is just constantly eating loads of rubbish and drinking loads of booze every night. You know, it's just finding that balance for you. So the build to a race, for example, just eat your normal diet because what you find is when somebody knows that they're going to be going to do a long run or when somebody knows that they're going to be racing, your brain actually naturally starts telling you what you need to eat. So you will naturally go towards a carbohydrate type meal because you'll naturally think, oh, actually, I need some pasta, or I need some rice, or I'll have a bit of potato. And you might even naturally eat a little bit more, again, because your brain is telling you, I know you're going to be running, so I know that you need a bit more fuel, so do it. So don't consciously go and try to eat loads more because you're probably naturally already eating more, and if you consciously try to eat more, then you double it up what you're meant to be eating. <laughs> and then you won't be able to race very well at all, or and just yeah, run very and well. And then you're going to be really full. So, and then, so and on top of that, what I would say is as well, just also like hydration is really important. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, don't get hit up on, well, I've got, to, I've got to drink eight pints of water a day, and I've got to go around with my bottle marked off with eight pints, I've got to keep drinking. Just drink, just try to think of every day, look, I'm going to drink a glass of juice, I'm going to have a, a couple of cups of tea, I'm going to maybe have a glass of water, I'm going to have, the, you know, just make sure you're having some kind of liquid, you know, as long as it's not too alcoholic. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, <laughs> beer. Li yeah, liquid is liquid. So mostly because you've got water in, so just make sure you're hydrating yourself and looking after yourself, especially in the build-up. 
to an event that you've really been looking forward to. Um, you know, we, we kind of say, don't be slaves to, to, to this. You want to enjoy the journey. So just, you know, just try to kind of find a balance to yeah. it all. We like what you're saying. We like the fact that you've endorsed our lemon meringue pie pudding and our beer and wine tonight. <laughs> so, so really, as far as the kind of the, the system goes, you know, we've designed a system that, you know, takes all the thought and guesswork out of what you should be necessarily eating or drinking um, during an event and also pre. So, for example, if we talk through, as if, I, as if I was going to do an event tomorrow, so let's say I was going to do an event, whether it be a half marathon, a marathon, or something like that, we basically have like a, a night fuel, and that's like a, it's like a hot chocolate. And in there, you've got a protein and carbohydrate mix in there. And what the carbohydrate mix does is it basically encourages your body to release serotonin and tryptophan, and that helps you sleep. But then also, because you've got that balance of proteins, which are really slow release, and the carbohydrate, you've also got some sodium in there. It's actually also feeding your muscles while you're asleep. A, because a lot of people don't sleep very well before events. But B, you also don't want to have a big breakfast before an event, because often you're getting up early, the race might start early, you might just be really nervous. So you might not even want to or feel like eating because it might be the time of day or the first race or something like that. So in the morning when you wake up, we have this little thing here and that's called morning fuel. And that, that if you imagine like a, a big a big kind of bowl of oats and it's gluten-free oats. Um, and you have a big bowl of oats and it's been ground up or whizzed up and in there we have flaxseed, um, we also have protein, and we've got a few other bits and pieces. We've got inulin, which is like good gut bacteria. And that little lot there is enough, and it basically mixes with a tiny bit of water or milk, hot or cold, so it's really convenient. But it's designed to be power-packed, but more importantly, very easy on the stomach, so you don't feel really full. You feel satiated, so you don't feel hungry, but you don't feel full, because one of the real key things of when you are going to go for a run or a cycle or a swim is that you don't want loads of food in your stomach because when you have loads of food in your stomach and your body's still having to absorb it, blood flow goes from all your working organs. So you've got your working muscles and your working organs, your vital organs, and your blood flow wants to go to those to work, especially if you're going to go running. Whereas if it's being diverted because you've got a load of food still in your stomach, that's where you can make it feel as if you've got really heavy legs. That's where, for example, if you're trying to go swimming, you might get in cramps. So you need to have foods that are very easy to absorb, that give you that slow, steady release of energy, but actually don't make you feel really full and bloated. So we kind That's of, I know a lot of people race kind morning, of- morning then, is it? That, that would be for race morning. So you'd swap your usual porridge or bowl of to- um, or toast or whatever, and you just, just have that and it's dead simple. And yeah, like anywhere you were, like if you, you say you need it with, you can just do it with water. So say you're camping or something, you don't have to worry about milk powder or milk or, you know, you don't have to worry about whether you've got a fridge in your room or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the, this is absolutely brilliant. Honestly, it's so good. And people, you know, some people have it like a, a kind of porridge type paste. Other people's have it as like a little bit of a kind of shake to so just add a bit more water so they can kind of drink it. Oh, okay. So you could drink it on the way to an event in the car or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's total kind of personal preference, just however you want. But it, but it really, like that little lot there yeah. will get 
out for whether it be you doing a marathon, an ultra, an Ironman, you know, that little lot there yeah. really power packed. It, it's okay. fantastic. And it's that because um, a lot of the people on the training camp, they want to do certain more adventurous runs in the future. So yeah. things like that would be quite lightweight, wouldn't they? Because you're adding water that yeah. you would just get on site. So that's quite handy to know um, for for adventurous types as well. Yeah, definitely. And, it, and it's gluten-free as well. So anybody who has any kind of, you know, IBD, IBS, celiac kind of issues, then, you know, it really is easy on the stomach as well. So that's that's the kind of morning fuel. Then what I would do is if I was going to be going to do a longer run as well that day, for example, okay. I would actually sip one of the energy fuels. Um, now, the reason I do that is, is that basically within, within the energy fuels, you've got a carbohydrate mix, You've also got your minerals, so that's all your electrolytes. But also within there, we've put, put the full complement of vitamins because you need a combination of vitamins and minerals to create energy, so that's for your energy production. You also need it for muscle contraction, because that's really important. But then you also need it to replenish your, your immune system because when, you, when you're going out running and you're doing an exercise activity, you, you, you're depleting your, your vitamins. So you need to put them back in. So it's really important that you actually do put them back in, and that's and that's why we kind of add them to the drink. So this means that once you actually start running, you are fully hydrated. So you're you're ready to go. So for that first hour that you're running, you know that you had your breakfast, easy on the stomach. You sit to wear a drink. You're well hydrated, and you're ready to go. So it make, it makes it a lot easier um, than worrying about having fry ups or this or that or the other, you know, it just keeps it nice and nice and simple. So in the actual run itself or in the kind of race itself, it's really or even training, you know, a long training run, it's really important to actually get into the habit of starting to fuel early. And one of the biggest mistakes that people make is they, they wait too long. People will go onto Facebook and ask Mr. Facebook, say, oh, you know, and, you know, how, how, when should I start drinking or eating when I go for a run? And you get all the old school guys or the people that have been reading on the internet or they've read other people's comments and say, don't worry about eating, you don't need to because you know, you've got an hour and a half's worth of energy stored in your muscles, so you don't need to eat anything. But if you go back to what I said earlier, the issue with not eating anything is that your muscles get fatigued and they get stressed. And that means, A, it makes that particular run harder, but more importantly, it actually makes the following day harder because your muscles are tired. If you imagine your muscle is like a sponge and it's full of blood and energy and glycogen and it's, and it's there and all little fibers are nicely kind of working away together. If you don't feed them, you don't feed that muscle, if you imagine you're almost kind of like squeezing the water out of it and it's making those fibers drier so they're kind of rubbing and there's more friction between them, and that causes that kind of muscle stress. And that's where some people can experience cramps and things later in races and in runs because they haven't fueled properly. A lot of people put that down to, and again, you'll read, people put it down to a lack of electrolytes or a lack of salts. 99 times out of 100, it isn't. It's purely the fact that they haven't fueled properly. And often what happens is, they will experience cramps and things in races that they don't experience cramps in training. It's in a race, and it's because in a race, you naturally run faster because you're in amongst other people and you're sucked along within their kind of, their pacing. Then you get fatigued because you suddenly look at your watch and you're running a minute a mile faster than you normally were. You suddenly get my days. 
and you, and you start to slow down, but by then it's too late. So when you get later on in the race, you start cramping up, and it's purely because you just your muscles are just fatigued and they're tired. So it's really important that as soon as you start that race, within the first 15 minutes, if you're carrying a drink, so if you're doing a trail marathon, you might, again, you might put an energy fuel into your soft flask. So within the first 15 minutes, you start sipping on your drink. So every 10 minutes or so, you'll, you'll have a little sip on your drink. So you're sort of drip, drip feeding yourself rather than like going to an aid station, waiting five miles, going to the aid station after an hour and going, oh my goodness, I need to glug this whole thing down. You, you want like a little tap just dripping. Yeah, if you, if you imagine, like, I don't know, if, you, if, you, if you're driving along in your car and, 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 you're, and, and you put your foot down, you're in a hurry, you put your foot down, you're on the motorway, you're possibly breaking the speed limit, and you, you can, <laughs> Although we would you can not condone see that here, your fuel gauge going down like this, can't you? It's just steadily going down. Mm-hmm. So in an ideal world, there'll be some magic little machine that will be at the back of your car, just basically dripping petrol back into your car so you're never going to run out. Oh, okay. And it's exactly the same principle. As that energy is being expended, put it back in. And if you put it back in early, you're much better off putting it back in early than later because if you try to put it back in later, your muscles are already fatigued. Your glycogen levels are already low. If you get beyond a certain point of, of depletion, then actually that's where some people get so tired, actually the only way they're really going to replenish their energy stores is if they physically stop for 20 minutes, you know, take on board a jelly or a load of drink at an aid station, they might have to wait half an hour before they feel like getting going again. Whereas if that person had actually just sipped away, nibbled away on a bar or had a bit of a jelly on the, on, between, that, between the start of that and that checkpoint, actually they could have just breezed through, grabbed a handful of food, carried on without any issues. Hmm. So. You know, it really is, it's that little and often. And again, there's kind of like, there's lots of information out there about how many carbohydrates people should be taking. And it very much depends on the individual. I think when you're starting out on your running journey, you're not gonna be running as hard and fast as you might be in a few years time. So when you're starting out on that journey, you might not actually need anywhere near as many carbohydrates as somebody who's really pushing themselves. Because if you're really pushing yourself, you're really draining your, your glycogen source and you're actually really wanting to push out right to, to, the, to the finish. So if I was you as a, as a kind of guide, I would be looking at anything from kind of 30, between 30 and 60 grams maximum carbs per hour, so carbohydrates per hour. So for example, one of the, one of the kind of energy drinks is 40 grams of carbs an hour. So so that potentially could be, have one of these over a two hour run, and then maybe, for example, a sports jelly, which is another 20. So that would be 60 grams of carbs over a steady two hour run. That's 30 grams of carbs per hour for the two hours. And that, for somebody starting out, just for, for getting used to drinking and eating and fueling at a really nice steady pace is probably enough. But then if you start pushing it a little bit harder or maybe there's more um, ascent and descent, so you're actually gonna be using more energy, then you might want to up it to say 40 grams of carbs an hour. 
And again, you just you just keeping it really simple. It's things like jellies, for example. They've got 20 grams of carbs an hour. So you think, right, well that's fine. I'll tell you what I can do then is I can make one of these last two hours, and I'll have, and I'll have one inch of these every hour, and there's my 40 grams. So you just keep it really, really simple in your head, but. The key thing is you need to go out and practice and, and, and try and see what works for you because everybody's got a very different metabolism. So everybody, you know, your friends next to you might need a lot more carbohydrate input than you because it, it, there's, there's, there's your own metabolism, but then there's also the perceived effort that people are putting in and there's also how much they naturally drink. Some people might prefer to use jellies, other people might just like to have a drink, other people might like to eat more solid stuff so they have the bars. It's very much a personal preference. And I can just see here on this um, gel, it's quite easy to tell how many carbs is in there because like I would yeah. always use normal actual real food but in real food you don't really know unless you're going to google everything all the time how much carbs is in stuff and you might have to start weighing stuff out so that's so, that's quite I think, straightforward I think the other thing is that is like it does make me smile when people say real food <laughs> because all this is it real food this is real food oh okay it, it just this is, is this is to be honest with you probably in the sense of less preservatives and, oh, and really? e numbers this is this is far purer food than people stuff down their faces saying that they eat real food. Oh, you know, I'm not talking Mackie D's here. I'm talking a, a good old-fashioned pork pie. <laughs> which, which again, is I won't even go there. <laughs> I don't really eat pork pies to be honest. No, I know people no, who have done on races. I know exactly what you mean, but but a lot of people will kind of say, "Oh, I just eat real food." Now the issue with with that as well is there there are a lot of other ingredients within that off-the-shelf food that isn't necessarily the best for digestion okay so it goes back to that thing of right what do you want what do you want your body to be doing do you want your blood flow going to your working muscles to make your run a better experience or do you want your blood flow to be going also a lot of it to your stomach because your stomach's a muscle your stomach basically folds all this stuff through it to work it it's a muscle like anything else it needs blood flow so if you make it work hard it's going to take blood flow and what happens is is your brain is saying right you want me to run but actually you keep stuffing this stuff down me and you actually want me to try and digest it but wait a minute i, I can't do everything so I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You want me to run and I've got to keep my heart beating and all my vital organs working. I know that I've got other energy stored in my body and also in my muscles. So I'm just going to shut my stomach down. And I'm not, you know, you're not, you're not going to have the advantage of my stomach anymore because it's being shut down. And that's when people start to feel nausea. That's when people can start being sick. That's when people can have accidents on the other end because it's simply the body saying enough's enough. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Right, yeah. So, I'm, you're persuading me, Rupert. I hate gels and all things like that. I'm a real natural food person. Like, give me a packet well, of Jelly Babies any day. But I am actually going to try these now. <laughs> well, if you think about it, like again, again, you've said real food. You've said Jelly Babies. Is this basically yeah. a pulverized Jelly Baby? This, this no, but Jelly Babies. It's completely sweet. <laughs> that's sweet. That, that, that's not real food. Oh. That's that's. that's that's, That's just cheap food. <laughs> but, it, but it's party food. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's you know, what, 
what you've got to kind of look at is, okay, those things are cheap, those things can do a job, it can give me a spike of energy, but actually, to make a jelly baby properly work, I've actually got to take a load of water as well, because to get it through my stomach and my intestines, it actually needs water to make it work. So we're not just talking blood flow now, we're actually talking that I'm having to waste fluids just to get this thing that I'm eating to try and give me energy that's only ever going to give me this fast spike of energy. It's not giving me anything else, there's nothing else in it. And that's one of the issues. So it's, it's that, and I suppose that's why we came up with like the sports jellies, because there are sports gels out there and they are a syrup. So they're essentially, they are your liquid form of a jelly baby. However, jelly babies arguably are nicer than gels because gels, they taste pretty sickly. They taste, you know, kind of very man-made mm. and you need water with them like you do with jelly babies. So we basically, we took the concept because like my, my my daughter's like a, a type 1 diabetic. Because of that, she's got autoimmune disease. Because of that, she's celiac, which is why everything's gluten-free. And because of that, she's also got IBS, so she has stomach issues. So we wanted to make something that somebody like my daughter could have. So I looked at different things. And one of the things in, in medical, how they kind of um, deliver a lot of different kinds of medicines, is they use pectin. So we looked at a special pectin to create like a liquid jelly. Because we knew, right, okay, well, if you're using it in medical science to deliver medication safely through through your, your, your stomach and your intestines, then surely that's going to work for sports nutrition. Mm. So we looked into it. We spent a couple of years developing different kind of, I suppose, viscosities of it, so the different thicknesses of the jelly. Um, and we kind of came up with this version. And so this basically creates like a hydrogel. So this... This essentially sucks the water inside the little bit of jelly, little hydrogel, also sucks the carbohydrate, and it also sucks, because we also put in there some electrolytes and minerals, and it also sucks that in. So if you imagine you've now got this protective little shield around all those things, so when it goes into your mouth, it literally melts, it literally melts into your mouth, into the system, passes through your system, no problem, you know, as we said, Sabrina has over a hundred of these. Wow. If you had over a hundred gels, no way, you'd be dead. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be sitting on the toilet for weeks, and you wouldn't come oh, out. Yeah. It'd be horrendous. I've had a horrible so, stomach ache before having a gel without having water. So this sounds good. And these... another motivation for us doing these was, you know, I, I, you know, the last time I had a sports gel. I live in Keswick and I was running around a place called Glenda Terra, boiling hot day, had a gel. Next thing I knew, was, I was dying at first. I was literally, and I was diving into a beck and literally trying to drink so much water, couldn't carry on running. Next thing I knew, I was diving into the bracken and it was a bloody awful experience. And I just thought, I am never, ever having one of them again. So when I got involved with Darren and we got asked by manufacturers about them making us gels and we were like, no chance. because. No. I want to be able to look people in the eye and talk them through a nutrition strategy that will make them feel good, that will make them enjoy their experience. Because I'm, I, I love running, I love exercise, I love activity, I love being out there, I love seeing other people enjoy it. And I couldn't, I couldn't turn around to you and say, have six of my gels, if I thought, actually, can I trust these gels? And I couldn't trust those gels. 
So, you know, that's the concept behind coming up with the, with the, the, the sports jelly. So they're not gels, they're jellies. I'm going to try one of these on my run tomorrow. You've converted me, Rupert. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. Because I just thought they were like, you know, I thought that jellies was just another way that you called right. gel. Because this one is called gel, this one, this cheer, cheer one. There's like, there's one with caffeine so, yeah, and there's one with the cheer. cheer gel, again, these are, so these are people who prefer that kind of food type texture, but also we did them because we know that people, when they're doing longer stuff, you, you, need, you need, sometimes you need a variety of flavors, you need a variety of textures as well. So the cheer gel, if you imagine, you and your mum used to make it a really nice cake mix and she'd be there and she's trying to make the cake mix and you're dipping your finger in and, and licking it and there's barely any cake because you've eaten all the mix as she's been making it. It's that kind of texture. So it isn't a gel texture. It's more of a kind of paste. Oh, you should call it ultra chia paste. Well, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> or ultra chia your mum's best cake mix. <laughs> <laughs> There's reasons we have to call it a gel, but I won't, I won't oh, say Oh, okay, right. like legalities but, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah. So, but basically, you know, it is, it is a gel. It's, it's, it's a gel, but it's a very different kind of texture. Ah, oh, if you called it a paste, people might start brushing their teeth with it, hey? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> this is something that, for example, when Beth Pascal did her Bob Graham, you know, when she broke the record. So she, she basically had a load of samples of ours, our original samples of these, and oh. she used along with the Spring Energy gels. Oh, great. Uh, and what about the, what, what is it with the cheer? I want to talk to you about caffeine as well, but first of all, like, why, why cheer? What's so good about that? Well, for us, it was just, it creates a natural gel. Anyway. Yeah, it's kind so of like frog spawn, isn't it? I've I've had yeah. it in a bowl before, and it's a bit like frog spawn because it's got a little um, black dot in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but we use we use a kind of ground chia, so you don't so you don't get that kind of that same kind of texture. Oh, okay. So it, so it's it's ground, but what it does is because it's also a complete protein, it enables it basically it offsets the carbohydrate, so it basically slows the carbohydrate down, so it's a lot slower release. So, for example, you have a sports jelly, you will get a faster acting release, even though it's quite a sustained release compared to a normal gel, it's yeah. still a lot faster acting than the cheer gel. So if you're running really hard and fast, you have a sports jelly. If it's a steady away kind of run, you would have a cheer gel. And the difference is as well, you don't need any water with these. Whereas, you know, on a really hot day, you'd probably, you'd probably want to like have a little swig of water yeah. after you'd have, the, after oh. you'd have the cheer gel. So this is like a slow release gel in a way, yeah. which is why you yeah. called it the ultra gel. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I think the, the other thing I would say is, is with all, going back to that principle we were saying earlier about little and often, I think another mistake that people make with gels is that, or gels, jellies, whatever, is they'll rip the top off and they'll whack it all in at once and they'll go again. Now, to me, again, you know, you maybe have to do that with a normal gel because they're so runny and they might dribble everywhere and be sticky and horrible. Whereas with the jellies, what I suggest to people is that they basically take the top off, have a mouthful, keep running with it because it will run with it in your hand, you know, make it last for five to ten minutes. Mouthfuls every five to ten minutes. Going back to that principle of dripping it into your system slowly feeding it into your system so that so that your energy levels are sustained rather than a massive spike of energy just mm -hmm. nice and steady into the system and it's also on a hot day going to be far better for your stomach because 
Another thing, I'm sorry, I'm hitting you with lots of information here, but on a hot day, what you've also got to bear in mind is when we talk about the blood flow like we did earlier, what people again experience on really hot days is they can feel heavy legged. They can also feel sometimes on a longer, longer run, they can sometimes start to feel nauseous when they're taking on board certain types of food or drinks. And again, that goes back to what happens is, is your blood flow is now also trying to cool you down. So it's not just going to your working muscles, it's not just going to your vital organs, it's also critically having to keep your body temperature at a certain temperature so it's got it vital that it keeps it cool. So again, that's pushing your stomach down the chain of muscles that, are, that, need, that need blood flow. So what we say to people, when it's a really hot day, don't expect to run as fast. Slow your pace down. Make an effort to stay cool. Run with a buff around your wrist. And every time you see water, dip it in. Soak it up. You know, really make efforts to run in the shade because the heat isn't just about kind of making you sweat. It actually has a really big impact on your blood flow. Your blood flow has a huge impact on your pace and your power and your performance. It all sounds like solid information so far, Rupert. I just want to ask you a bit more about the caffeine and when you'd use a caffeine gel, and then I want to open it up to questions. Um, so yeah. if anyone's got any questions for Rupert, then um, now's the time to be thinking of them just while we talk about some about the benefits or not benefits of caffeine. Yeah. So basically, so caffeine, we only put caffeine into two of our sports jellies. So we've got them in like the, the standard sports jelly and we basically we put 30 milligrams of caffeine in that one. Um, in our, we've got like a new sports jelly and I think, I think I've sent you down some of these. These, these yeah. like are like 30 grams of carbs and 50 milligrams of caffeine. This is absolute rocket fuel. <laughs> you know, this, this is absolutely fantastic, naturally tasted. It's, it's a great product. But the reason why we only put it into two products is that caffeine is a stimulant. It doesn't actually, you know, arguably doesn't give you energy, even though it does because it stimulates you, so you think you've got energy, so you perform. You know, it, 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 it kind of does, but it doesn't. It's not really giving you anything back. So with caffeine, once you've started it, because what it's doing is it's just suppressing fatigue. So once you start having caffeine, you've got to carry on taking it. Now, the issue with caffeine is, is that if you have too much of it, it can, it can sometimes make some people very skittery. It can also make them, um, if you have too much, I use the wrong word then, skittery, because it can also upset your stomach. So you've got to be cautious with how much you take. Now, a normal adult, the average adult, can have roughly 400 milligrams of caffeine a day. So, you know, you can, within a race, for example, think, okay, well, I could possibly have up to that, but you won't necessarily need to have that much. But what I would say is, is that once you start, then you've, then you've got to keep regularly taking it. So what we encourage people to do is to kind of start off just with like the normal jellies, and then maybe if they're doing a really long race in the last few hours, they would use the caffeinated gels. Or if you're doing a really short race and you really wanted to push yourself, then absolutely you could have like say for example if I was doing a 10k tomorrow, I would actually have a 10. I would have a one of these 
10 minutes, 15 minutes before I started. So one of the, the 50 milligram, 30 grams of carbs before. And then I would actually, if I really wanted to smash myself within 15 minutes, I'd actually have another one on the run and it would make sure that I would finish super, super strong. But somebody starting out on their running journey wouldn't need to do that because, you know, that, that that's not the experience that they're necessarily after. Very sound advice. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'd like to open it up to questions now. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell oh, you what, can I just kind of quickly add two, two, two of the really important things. Okay. One of them is recovery. Oh, yeah. So for example, and again, we, we, we've got like two kind of recovery shakes, strawberry and chocolate. And again, this isn't your protein off your shelf at Holland and Barrett or at the local supermarket or cheap stuff online. You know, it's, it's properly designed for lean muscle. So lean working muscle. It's not for building muscle. It's for encouraging lean muscle and repairing lean muscle. And it's really important you get that right because, you know, when you're, when you're trying to exercise on a regular basis, you want to make sure that you're putting the right balance of proteins, carbohydrates and minerals back into your muscles to help with that process. So what we say to people is, look, when you've done a long run, you know, you can have natural forms of protein from foods and things, but, but the, the issue is you actually want quite readily available, faster, easier to absorb proteins, but you also have to have a balance of carbohydrates with them to make them to maximize that repair. And that's where kind of recovery protein type shakes come into it. And, and it makes such a huge difference to how stiff you are the following day. So if you're, if you're really enjoying having lots of long runs, then having a recovery fuel after your runs means that the following day, you're actually able to get out and instead of starting off really stiff and sore, you're still flowing and you're going well. And if anybody moves up to doing ultras, then we actually suggest to people that they actually use the recovery fuels within a race. So for example, if it's a longer ultra and it's got a drop bag, We'll say to somebody, look, after six hours, actually have a recovery fuel with some water midway through your race. And again, what it's doing is it starts that muscle repair process during the race. You're offsetting DOMS. Your brain actually, you, you, honestly, you wouldn't believe the turnaround people have. They're, they're, they're coming six hours, they're on the go, they know they've got another four or five hours to go. They're <laughs> absolutely battered. Have a recovery. And the brain just says, oh my God, you know, you, you've given me all this stuff that I know that my muscles need, thank you. And <laughs> you know, the lift that it gives you psychologically, because you bring in, you, your body knows what you're putting in it. And, and then also the fact that you're actually recovering while you're going just means the following day, instead of walking around and not being able to get up the stairs, you're hobbling up the stairs instead of crawling up the stairs. <laughs> Can you use it after one hour as well? Because quite a lot of people here on the beginner journey camp to gas If I go out and do like a, I mean, you know, even if I do like, say, for example, absolutely go and hammer a part room, which is up, you know, five k, absolutely hammer a part room. You know, my legs can be absolutely battered if it's a hard surface. I'll have a recovery when I come in because I'm just trying to look after my, my muscles. Like, you know. I want to be able to run. I might want to go and run again that day. I might want to go and run the following day. I want to be as 
well looked after as possible. So again, it just comes down to people's preference and, and how they want to approach their training and how they feel um, and also affordability. You know, some people can afford to do it and some people can't. And, you know, it's just, it's just finding that balance as to what suits you. Just one more quick thing on the bars. Again, going the feel back to good bar. The, the feel good bar, which, which is which is like a flat jack, but it's not your everyday flat jack. Again, we didn't want to go to a bar manufacturer or, or a baker and kind of say to look, produce us another flat jack because there's billions of them out there. And to be honest with you, you can go buy them dirt cheap in the supermarkets. But the problem that you have with 90% of bars out there is that as soon as you try to eat them on the run, they're either too hard or they become like sawdust in your mouth, or you have to drink loads of water to try and wash them down. So we, again, spent quite a long time trying to come up with a bar that actually crumbled in your mouth, melted away, and was very easy to eat on the go. So we basically came up with the concept. So in, in, in the bar, we use flaxseed, which is, which is very similar to chia seeds. Um, it's very. It's got lots of natural omega in it. So it's got oils in it, and we also use gluten-free oats. Um, and we use coconut oil and buckwheat. And there's a, there's other bits. We've got brown sugar and we've got salts in there as well. But it's really important because what it does is it melts in your mouth. But this little bar, for example, is 350 to 360 calories. So again, when we go back to that principle of thinking, how many carbs an hour can I have? What can I have? You know, there's 40 grams of carbs in there. So a quarter of this bar is 10 grams of carbs. So if you're going to go out, for example, for a two and a half, three hour run, and you want to have roughly 30, 40 grams of carbs an hour, well, you know that over, say, a two hour run, if you have half a bar, that's 20 grams of carbs. And then it might just be that you have the drink again to last you two hours, or it might be that you have a couple of chia gels or a couple of jellies for that two hours. You know, so it keeps everything really simple. It keeps the calculations in your head very simple as to what you need to eat because you don't need to overeat. You just need to eat the right balance of the right foods. Mm. I'm very much liking that this one is called double ginger flavor. <laughs> oh yeah, well, the double ginger is very nice. I bet it's zingy, zingy. Thanks Rupert, that's brilliant. So. Um, You've pretty much covered everything, <laughs> but are there any questions from anyone? Has, is there anything that um, Rupert hasn't covered here that you're intrigued about? Maybe you're doing a six-hour ultra next week and you want to know <laughs> uh, some more information about that. <laughs> any questions from the floor? It's not a question, but I... I... I did get one of the your starter packs um, maybe about a month back, so it, it's been very useful to hear how to use it all. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> it's been really useful. Oh, um, you need to do a leaflet, Rupert, and put it in the starter pack. Well, yeah, well, really I'm actually, well, no, do you know what? I don't, I don't try to, I don't because, and again, sorry, but because to me that's just like paper for the way, for the sake of paper. You know what I mean? I don't like to kind of. Just chuck loads of stuff in. However, what I am doing with, you know, the guys at Harrier, Harrier vests and things? Yeah, we tried a Harrier vest out today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So basically, with those guys, we're basically going to put together a series of 
how to use videos. So we'll talk people through how to use the system and we'll basically put it on our social media. So again, we can just guide people to those and you know, do pretty much what we've done now, you know, talking through and also how they can kind of have it on yeah, their pack. Yeah, where to put it in the backpack, yeah. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Oh, there's another question over here from Rebecca. Uh, with the morning, is it called morning fuel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you put that in your, um, in your bladder and just drink it at the beginning of your run? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in a bladder purely because uh, you could put it into, if you had a, like a sports bottle, yeah. but I wouldn't put it into a bladder because it does have ground flaxseed in. Okay. So, and the, and the issue obviously with ground flaxseed is that you know you might get it blocking the valve, yeah, and and it could be hard to clean out. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put it into a bladder, but I would okay. I would certainly and you know people doing you know a lot of people, especially the cyclists and people doing ultras, do actually use the morning fuel as a fuel because it is a really good source of really slow, steady release energy. Yeah. Oh, another question. Is that you, Sally? Um, well, yeah, it's really interesting. Thanks. So, uh, I was just wondering if you were following which I um, plan to do, like, a, say, a sixteen-week training plan. I mean, obviously, you sort of said right at the beginning, eat normally. But would you recommend trying to be scientific about all your normal food you'd be like, or or not? Because I suppose that what might be normal to one person. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel and the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.